Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, author of A List of Demonic Names, A Pocket Guide for the Paranormal Investigator, Exorcist, Psychic, and Metaphysical Practitioner. Monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And monthly co-host, Kat Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop. And this, oh, also executive producer, I forgot this one, Joseph Simkoff, author of How to Kiss the Universe, an inspirational, spiritual, and metaphysical narrative about human origin, essence, and destiny. And this episode is being sponsored by tarotbyginger.com. And that is where you will find Ginger Glasser, a good friend of mine. And she is a fantastic tarot reader. And I highly recommend her if you're looking to make major, major decisions in your life or changes or just need to try to find some explanations for what is going on. I would certainly check her out at tarotbyginger.com. And now, without further ado... Our guest for today is the living legend, Robert Lindsay Milne. Hey, Gary. Good to, good to talk to you today. Um, for me, it's a bit early, but uh, it's great talking with you. You are a ray of sunshine in my life. Thank you. Robert. Thank you. How, how come? Because every time I talk to you, a couple of things are always guaranteed to happen. One, I'm going to learn something new. Yeah. And two, I'm going to get... A whole bunch of listeners. Oh, okay. And three, you always make me feel better. I like that part. I'm really glad about that one. I'm and and I'm glad. Um, I always like to talk to you too. Um, I think this is what our our fifth or sixth. Um, I think it's our sixth. Uh, actually, is it six? Yeah, yeah, I think it's six. And I was on your podcast. Um, really early, I think, when you when you first started, it was what in two, mm-hmm. 2020, and um, I was just uh, uh, coming out of semi retirement. You, you know, I'm 73 now, and and you know, last January I celebrated 57 years of being a professional psychic. Wow! Congratulations. 57. Thank you. Yeah, it's, a, it's um, I don't know how I don't know how they got um how 57 years came so quickly that that's the, the thing. Um, and, and, uh, the, the different phases I've gone through over, over my career and, um, lifetime. Um, and looking back after 57 years, if I were going to do have the opportunity to do it all over again, there's very little I would change. I certainly would, 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 would have been as dedicated, maybe even more, um, than, than, than I am. I, I would have been even more disciplined um, than, than, than I have been. And I'm, I'm a, uh, it seems a kind of casual guy, but, but when it comes down to um, my work, I am very, very, very serious. And, and I do things differently, I think, than uh, anybody that I've met. As a um, psychic, I, I, I do things differently. No, absolutely um, you do. I mean, I've interviewed now, I, know, I have to say at least 50 or 60 psychics. And you really? definitely are the only person who does it your way. And um, 
my way, by the way, is one thing is um, I guarantee my work absolutely forever. So um, that means that if, if I do a reading for somebody, if for any reason um, from the time I do their reading until the ending of their life or mine, um, if for any reason they're dissatisfied with the service that I've provided, and incidentally, I have been recording my reading since 1974. I, uh, in, in 1974, I stopped doing readings. Uh, sorry, if, if somebody didn't want their reading recorded, I wouldn't do a reading. I wanted it always, I always wanted it um, so that so that if I was wrong, it would be there, and if I was right, it would be there. Right. So, um, and and in those days, nobody was doing that. Um, you know, I was recording onto cassettes, and and um, so part of the deal, and they get they get the copy. So if somebody has a problem, whether it be back in 1974 or or or, or whether it be 2022, if someone is dissatisfied with with the service, uh, you give me back your reading. And I'll just give you back your money. That's that's just the way it is. So, and that's absolute. Mm -hmm. And and um, if I think the reading I'm doing is not the best that I can do, I don't do it. So I, I guarantee my work absolutely. And incidentally, I've discovered I don't. I'm not the most expensive either. No, you're not. You're no, very reasonable, I mean, actually. I, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well. Two hundred bucks an hour. That's a lot of money. You know, that's, that's a lot of bread. And the other thing, and and also, um, and I don't want to make a big deal about it, but but I also um, have that my clients, if they're in trouble, um, they can call me, and 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 if they're in trouble, I'll just see them. Don't don't worry about paying me. You just mm -hmm. talk to me, right? If someone's a regular client, that's the way it is. Whether and whether I saw them five years ago or five days ago, I'm I'm available. And, um, you know, and so that's I run my practice. Yeah. yeah, I know you do that because even with me, you, you've sometimes, like, when something has come up with me, you've messaged me and said, hey, look out for this. Or, oh, did I do that? Okay, or, or, well, you, or you, you're this, on you know? the inside. Yeah, you're, you certainly are on the inside. So, um, uh, so in my lifetime, I've done, had more than 100,000 psychic connections. So... And I've had one job through, well, I've had one real job throughout my whole life, and that's this. But throughout my life, I've done, for a very, very short amount of time, I've done some other other work. Mm -hmm. But I always was doing readings. But the other work was giving me life experience. I, you know, if I would have sat at the tea room or just done psychic readings forever, I, I, I wouldn't have the awareness or the understanding of the world if I hadn't have been out, um, you, you know, doing jobs, mm. you know, for three months or five months or something like that. But I always, you know, did readings, always. Can anybody do readings or do you have to be born psychic? Anybody can do readings. Well, everybody's, uh, no, okay. Almost everybody is psychic. That's not 100%. Mm. If you think of um, a bell-shaped curve, at one end of the curve, um, there is one person that is has absolutely zero awareness. At the other end of the bell-shaped curve, 
there is one guy, I think I'd like to be him, has 100% awareness, 100%. Um, and the rest of us fit somewhere in between. But almost all of us have the ability to be intuitive or psychic because it's a natural phenomenon that most living beings have. Have you ever been somewhere, um, you know, you're sitting at a, at, in a restaurant or something and you look up and there was somebody looking at you. Um, they're not gunning you down or anything, they're just looking at you. Um, and you look up and, and, and you see that. Um, or have you been looking at somebody and they turn and look at you? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's being psychic. That is what being psychic is. Um, for no reason, someone would turn and look and you're looking at them. That's, that is being psychic. That's the first step. So just about everybody gets that. Or, or, or maybe you haven't heard from Charlie for, maybe I should use a different name now. Anybody could, you know, George, you're, well, that's a, that's a king's name too. All right. Anyone <laughs> named Harry. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so, so, uh, um, you know, all of it, you know, you haven't been, you know, hearing from so-and-so for uh, a couple of years. And then all of a sudden the person reaches out or you bump into the person or, or whatever. That, that just happens to us. That, too, is being psychic. So when I teach classes, and I used to, haven't done for a while, um, in the classes that I teach, I once again, I guarantee to anybody that would sit in my class that they will be able to do psychic readings for a stranger in that classroom guaranteed or you get your money back at the end of the class that's that's the deal so in that class i i, I one of the things i say is become aware of what's obvious when you become aware of what's obvious then more becomes obvious to you and then what happens is you become more aware and then more aware again. And as you become more aware of what's obvious, after a while, what you're seeing isn't obvious at all. But you start off with the basic. Look at the person you're doing the reading for. Look at them. Just see them for with your eyes open and then expand it from there. That's that's how you learn how to be psychic. One of the things that I've noticed, you know, um, I, I've been doing this, you know, for my career for 57 years. One of the things that I've noticed, because um, because I've always been um, a, 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 a one-person act, right? A one-man mm -hmm. show. I, don't, I haven't ever really worked very much with, with, with others, other psychics. Um, one of the things that, that I've noticed from my early days and then there was a period um a while ago where i became semi-retired i stopped touring i stopped going on shows uh things like that i just i just kept doing um readings um and i you know that's that's what i did so it's like semi-retirement for me and then i then just as we met i was coming out of that semi-retirement and i i was out of the picture you know, publicly for several years. One of the things that I've noticed is, and especially when teaching classes, not me, um, they give so much bloody information to the student. 
the student is so focused on, am I being clairsentient? Am I being telepathic? Am I, like, forget the bloody words. Fuck that. Just get in touch with the feeling. Okay, Mm -hmm. so don't worry about what you're doing, what it's called. Just do it. Because when you're worried about being a channeler, you know, talking to spirits, if they exist or not, um, doing it that way, or, 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 or I'm doing a business reading, or, you know, like, just do the fucking reading. Right. And, and, and don't worry about what the words are. Mm-hmm. And that's what holds people back the most, is, is worrying about what it's supposed to be called or what it's supposed to be, rather than just doing it. So in my career, um, see, I see my job um, is different than being a mathematician. A mathematician, or you take a math exam, you get points for knowing how you get the answer, right? Because if I, you know, you give me some complex, well, you, you know, ask me to ask, you know, to add, you know, 16 and 21, I couldn't answer it, but, but without, without a calculator. But if, if um, you were working on a, a complicated math test, you would get points or, or marks for knowing how to get to the answer. In my job, it doesn't matter how I got to the answer. It's get the bloody answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and psychics are being taught how to, figure out getting the answer uh, rather than just doing it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do you find that the more readings you've done over time, the better you've gotten? Or like oh, the, absolutely. Or the better, you know, that, that some of it's just like, I don't know, like working a muscle, and the more you work, it, the better and stronger absolutely. it gets. Absolutely. And, and um, after a while... You know, like, as I said earlier, I've, I've done more than 100,000 yeah. psychic connections. And um, there are only um, a few kinds of problems that we humans, categories that we humans can can get into. You know, there's there's only, I don't know, maybe 10 variations. And, and after that, whatever the problems are, are repeats or variations of the same the same. Uh, concepts are the same the same issue um we just don't consciously know that and so if you spend pardon that's weird like what are they no i can't tell you so i'm guessing like like love is going to be one money Uh, yeah career health health yeah um social life mm -hmm. um family Mm mm-hmm you know, hobbies, but but still, there's there's mm. only so many categories of types of problems. Interesting. And what I've also known, and you know, I'm really big on uh, behavior. I'm mm-hmm. a behavioralist, and in, in, in my life coaching, and you know, changing your behavior. And and in order to change your behavior, you have to understand why you have the behavior in the first place. So I'm really good at identifying what's causing the the the, the, the behavior, what what the original. Uh, uh, issues have been. Uh, I've been. I, that, that's one of the things I'm really good at. Um, and other things is that um, I did things earlier in my career, even now today, um, that 
didn't have a name, but I just did it. So going back to everything gets so identified um, or, or, or labels put on it, um, what I've also discovered over the last couple of years is that without realizing I do um, uh, remote viewing, I've been doing remote viewing for years. I just didn't know what it was. I was just being the psychic. And I had never heard of remote viewing. I listened to Art Bell's show. Uh, not, no, it was no George Norrie's show. Um, and I heard this guy talking about being a remote viewer. And I thought, whoa, that's really amazing. Except that, except that, there would be times in my life where where somebody would come w with a problem and I would be able to identify it um, from what had happened in the past and 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 identify um, that very situation and describe what goes on. Or um, I move forward and backward in time when I do readings. Earlier in my life, when I was you know, a kid at the tea room, I, I didn't realize that that. Um, you could see in the past or in the future. I just started doing readings. As time went on, you know, like 50 years, I've realized that that when I do a reading, I see someone's life most of the time. Uh, I see someone's life from conception to completion. Uh, I I don't see the actual physical mm -hmm. experience of their 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 conception or or completion. But I see how I see how their their, their life is. I, I see it, um, and from beginning to end. And in in when I do a reading, I'm moving forward and backward in time. Um, in in that person's life, ten times or eight times or wh whatever to the end to or or or, or to the beginning, and then ev everywhere in between. And 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 I've just gotten used to following timelines. It was just natural. Um, early in my career, when I was, uh, you know, I was a pioneer. I was the first uh, performing psychic in Canada that appeared on radio and TV show. I was the first one. And, and um, nobody had done telephone readings uh, when I first started. They were unheard of. How can you do a fucking telephone reading for somebody when you can't even see them? Or they're not even around you? That was the thought. Well, I... Um, I started doing uh, shows, taking calls, and I would do things like, and I still do. Um, the last call-in show I had, I have done was in. Um, it was a, a couple of years ago, and and this was a call-in show, and it was with Tim. Um, it was uh, it's it's uh, midnight a.m. It's um, Tim. Oh, it'll come to me. Anyway, we were taking calls. And this guy calls up. I don't know. Maybe his name is John or Harry or George or whatever. Anyway, I'm talking to him for a little bit. And, and, and the technique that I use like, like that um, when I'm doing a, doing a live show is tell me your first name and where you're calling from. Think of a question, but don't ask it. So the person calls up, hi, name, my name is whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm calling from such and such a place. And then I just go, boom, and start talking. So, and I say what comes off the top of my head. 
And in, in about eight out of 10, nine out of 10 calls, the thing that I talk about right off the bat with the person is the very question that they asked, they were going to ask. And when I do readings like um, online or in person, you know, I ask people to think about what you want to know, write out your questions, just put them aside. And I go through their whole reading. Um, and then we get to the end when I've done finished my monologue. I say, do you have, you know, what else would you like to know? And they say, well, you just answered all my questions. I don't have any more. So I, I don't have a conversation with people. I talk to them, mm. but I, we, we don't interact once I start doing the reading. Mm. Uh, and um, I just got in the habit of following timelines. Now, I wasn't consciously saying, oh, I'm practicing getting in touch with timelines. I just started doing it because I could. I, I, I just started to expand it. So on the one show, AM, midnight AM, you know, a guy calls up and I talk to him for a second and, or a couple of min, a minute or so. And then I say to him, um, do you live in a house or a small type of apartment building? Guy says, a small type of apartment building. And I said, standing in front of the building, facing it, on your left side, facing your building, at the very top, halfway down, there appears to have been some kind of water damage or something like that. Guy goes, oh, wow, wow, how did you know that? The roof just caved in three days ago because of the water damage. Hmm. So I, I've been doing that for my lifetime. Some people call that remote viewing. I was doing it just to show off by my, my, my talent when, when I was doing it on the radio. So um, a little one time, this family, their, their father they had come from South America. They had immigrated to Canada. Um, the children's father um, was selling a car before they were leaving the South, a South American uh, country. And he went away to sell it. And it was supposedly sold, and it was in a neighboring uh, country. They never heard from him again. He went away, and that was it. And um, it had been like 30 years. One of his children, that are grown up now, she, came, she was in Edmonton, and she came to me for a reading. And at the very end, she asked me about her father and uh, what had happened. And I started to get information about that situation. And then she said, would you mind if I book another appointment and maybe my family, my mother, you know, my brother, aunts, they could come because everybody's really upset about what happened all those years ago. I had never imagined that I would do a reading for in the past, that's 30 years ago, and, and nobody actually had been at that situation, and um, I'd never imagined doing it. But it was necessary to do to help those people. <laughs> so I, and I turned, I, I always recorded, it's always recorded, you know, it was recorded, and all of a sudden, I started getting 
senses about what was going on. And they had given me information. One of the reasons I don't like getting information is because often people give me the wrong information. And then that screws me up. And because I base my foundation of what I'm going to say by the information that someone gives me. Okay, so that would be a focal point. So they told me that they they thought it was the army that murdered her their father or killed him, right? So as I'm connecting on the and and they said that he was um one person told me that he was uh getting on an airplane and flying somewhere. So I you know, so when I was coming up with the stuff that I was talking about, I said, by the way, um he didn't make it on the airplane. Um, and then several other people said he didn't wasn't wasn't supposed to be on a bloody airplane. Okay, so so here I picked that up. Someone said, "What about the airplane?" And I said, "Well, I, he didn't make it on the plane." Um, but that person had told me they did. He did. But I picked, and and other people said, "No, he didn't have a plane." Then um, the thing about the army, I said, "This is very weird." Um, these soldiers, if, if you know, um, they weren't wearing their full uniform. Um, they were kind of in disguise or something because they were wearing um, uh, khaki pants, or you know, the camouflage, uh, camouflage pants, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Or, but they were wearing shirts or something different than a uniform. But they had their bullet belts around their 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 shoulders, and they had weapons, and. Um, I said, and they said, well, it wasn't the military. It was it was another group. It wasn't the army. But someone had told me it was. So I was seeing things that um, they had told me that was clashing with the information that they had thought was right. Yeah. And and I described what happened with the guy and what went on, and 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 the family became um, deeply healed because of knowing what happened. I, I didn't know that was um, remote viewing. I didn't. It was being psychic. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like you know when I was working for the security service in the RCMP. That's the equivalent of of the CIA in Canada, right? That would be the uh, equivalent um, at the time. The RCMP security service, and I had contact with um, a um, uh, a Russian spy, a KGB agent. Um, he, he was a, um, he actually said he was a journalist from TASS News Agency, but he had, but he, but he, but, but, but he, but he had a diplomatic passport. So, so, and, uh, um, you know, his whole career, except for a few, uh, a short time in Canada, his, his whole career was, was in Washington, D.C. And, uh, anyway, and the RCMP wanted me to help um, with something that he was in, involved in. And uh, I, I, I met with the guy. Um, so I've had contact with, you know, KGB agent um, with the RCMP after I after I helped them with that. I start every week, every month I would go down to a location and I would look for what's called drop dead letter boxes. Dead letter boxes were were um, where they passed um, intelligence, and and during the Cold War, there was more intelligence passed at the Niagara Falls border between Canada and the United States, 
So I'm a Canadian, so we say Canada mm -hmm. first. So the United States and Canada, um, there was more, <laughs> there was more, there was more um, uh, intelligence passed at that location than anywhere in the world. And when I had done the work with the, the first part with the, the um, guys, um, they asked me, could I find that letterboxes? And every month I'd go to Niagara Falls um, and, and walk through. Well, first we'd look at maps and I'd look at areas in the map, areas of the park. And then we'd go out to them physically and find them. And, and I found several um, dead letter boxes where they were passing information, where they would drop it off and split, and also where where one guy has come across the border meets another guy on our side, uh, and 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 I was finding the locations where they were meeting, hmm. and uh, that was like supposedly remote viewing too, but I didn't know it was remote viewing. It was me just being psychic. Interesting. Yeah, I've done some remote viewing. I took like a course from one of my guests who taught a course on it. It's yeah. really fascinating. Does any first initials start with M by any chance? Somebody that we know? No, no. Okay. No. Okay, because somebody that we both know very, very well does I just, that. Yeah, well, I just put out an episode so we can say her name, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just did an episode with her a couple of days ago. Uh, on, on remote viewing? On remote viewing, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the guy who taught me, his name was David Morehouse. And, um, and he wrote the book for the CIA, the handbook. Yeah. Um, the way he does it is so complicated. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not in any way criticizing uh, it at all. Um, but, but it's really a, a very, very strict discipline mm -hmm. and, and, and way of thinking. And, 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 and that's my discipline and my thinking is different than that. Yeah. Uh, I know it gave results, that's for sure. So I'm works. not interested in what it's called. I'm interested in the answer. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care how I get it. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who gives it to me. As long as I'm giving correct, accurate, in and, and, and accurate information and that I'm doing it gently and kindly, as long as I'm doing that, I don't care. Yeah. And um, when you're giving the information out to people, um, are you ever concerned about their reactions? Like they might punch me in the face or something? Yeah. Um, it actually hasn't happened. Um, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of um, being physically harmed. Um, I am worried about making mistakes right more than anything and and on one of our podcasts one of the podcasts that that i was on with you mm -hmm. and it was and, and 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 thank you for this one this was when um stephanie and tom came on yeah um in the the people that um where tom was dying of an incurable disease and and her his wife stephanie um a renowned um epidemiologist decided while her husband was dying of this incurable disease and was, was in a coma dying um she found a cure mm -hmm. 
and I assisted with that. And the three of us came on, Tom and Stephanie and I. And you you introduced us for that show and mm-hmm. then just didn't ask another question. It was just Tom, uh, Stephanie and I talking about how um, Stephanie and, and, and with my assistance found the cure for this disease. And it changed the way uh, people were, were treating this particular type of disease. It went from being incurable to curable. And, and um, that was remote viewing. I never would have imagined previous to that time that I would have a nine-month mental link with somebody knowing what they were going through morning, noon, and night every day um, and and um, them being in another country and in a coma and in 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 um, uh, um, lockdown in in um, help me with this thing my mind just went on when they're yeah. in isolation yeah. or oh yeah um, his doctors and everybody that came around him was wearing hazmat suits mm-hmm. that because of the uh, um, infection that he had and um in that time i i knew what tom was going through i knew i knew when he was in trouble i knew when when he was unconscious i knew when he was in trouble i knew when he was letting go i knew when he was strong i knew when he needed something um and as and um that's that's one of the things that that, that saved his life i'm not the star of the show but but there were three times where he would have died had a psychic and it's not me a psychic um, would not have been involved. He wouldn't have lived. Uh-huh. And um, and that was on your show. And, yeah, and, and yeah, Stephanie and Tom talked about that. Yeah. And they they also um, said that they were sorry that, that my part didn't get um, written in as much as what I had completed. But mm-hmm. I was really happy that my GP, um, I, I, I saw her, general practitioner, I, I, I saw her about a month ago. And she said, Robert, I picked up the book called The Perfect Predator, and there you were in it. She said, I remember you telling me about it, but I didn't take it seriously, you know, because I'm one of these crazy psychics, right? And uh, she said, this was amazing, Robert. That's incredible that you that, that you did that work. It's called The Perfect Predator. Anyway, that could be called remote viewing. Absolutely. But I didn't call it that. I just called it doing my job. Mm-hmm. Years ago... I was doing a reading for this one guy um, and this come up and I don't remember what he looks like. I only remember the circumstance. And this guy was a court uh, stenographer, uh, a court um, uh, um, reporter, stenographer. And when he was doing it, they didn't have the machines or whatever. He did it by shorthand. And, And I said to him, wow, like he had just been retired. And I said to him, how fast? Can you take shorthand? He said, I don't know. Oh, he said, I just write down what they say. I don't know how fast I can do it. I just write it down. Mm -hmm. And that's, I I didn't care what it was. I I just did it. So it's like you, exactly. Yeah, right. If if you start to care too much and start analyzing it, does that actually yes. get in the way of what you do it absolutely does it's a different part of the brain that gets used when you're thinking analytically or and when you're being creative 
when you're doing creative stuff. It's a different part of the brain that gives you that information. So when you're being analytical using your upper brain, you know, your frontal lobes, um, you don't get the intuitive stuff. You get your logical thinking. So when you're just um, allowing things, you know, just opening yourself up and allowing, you know, the information to come through rather than trying to figure out how you get it or what you're using it for, um, well, uh, what, what it's being used for, when you, when you just simply sense it, feel it, express it. Do you mind if I hit pause for a second? Sure not labeling what I do, mm-hmm. but just simply doing it. Um, I can think about it later, but, but while I'm doing it, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting in touch. Now, besides, you know, slaving over a hot crystal ball every day, um, <laughs> you know, um, uh, my awareness or psychic ability affects me and people in other ways as well. And again, I just do things more and and follow instincts more than thinking about it. So mm-hmm. throughout my life, I am I have found consistently I'm around people like when I'm going out for a walk with my dogs or or anywhere um, or anything. I'm away from my office. All of a sudden, I find myself in a situation where somebody is in trouble. Somebody's got a major problem. And um, so just recently, you know, like this, Gary, I, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like in May, I moved to a new location in Toronto. It's called Corso Italia. And uh, I'm living in the Italian section of Toronto, which pizza, Huh? pizza amongst other things. So um, um, the first week that I was um, that I was here, um, I was went out for a walk and and I decided that I was going to get something for dinner. And and I didn't know the neighborhood. So I went for a walk up and down the main street looking for a restaurant that would draw my attention. None did. I crossed over and walked back. I then decided I wasn't going to be able to find what I wanted in terms of Italian food, so I decided I'd a heck with it, and I'm going to just go into the um, Popeye's chicken store, which happened to be right on the very corner of the street that I lived on. So I go in, buy my chicken dinner, mm-hmm. and I walk out, and all I have to do to get home is walk to the corner and turn left and walk south to where I live, which is... 150 meters, yards, uh, 180 yards away from uh, where I live. Um, And as I'm walking down the street, I see a guy laying on the ground, on the grass, unconscious. And, uh, uh, And people were just walking by the guy, just leaving him laying on the road or on the street. Um, Well, it was on the grass. And, uh, um, I stopped and I looked at him and, and he was breathing, but, but he was kind of gurgling in his breathing. And I, I didn't want to touch the guy, you know, cause like you never know, 
um, what they're, you know, somebody unconscious. You never know where they're from or, you know, what they do or anything. Mm -hmm. So I was hesitant. Um, but as I was walking up to him to get close to see if he was okay, and I spoke to him, he didn't react. Right beside, this was at night, right beside me, a woman was standing there, and she had very short white hair. I think she was young, but I was really focusing on the guy that was unconscious in front of me. So I just stood there, and, and, and uh, she looked at him, and, and I was just about to call 911, and she said to me, because um, I, I got closer to the guy and saw that he really was in trouble, she said to me, um, as I was checking out, just about to dial 911, she said, um, his, uh, res his, his breathing passage is, is uh, constricted, but he can still breathe. He's, he's breathing, sh you know, shallow breaths. His eyes are back, you know, we're seated in the, in, in, in a, up, looking up. And he he's, um, um, has his mouth closed. He's breathing through his nose, but he's, um, he's lost. He's, he's lost. He's, he's having trouble breathing. So the, uh, this 911 operator comes on and says, what's the problem? I tell her where I am, and I tell her about the guy, and I re recite back to the the officer or the the, the 911 person um, what the lady with the blonde hair said or the white hair said, and then the the the, the um, emergency caller said, "Okay, that's really good. Now go up and stand there to him, get close to this guy." And I'm thinking, "Huh, okay." And as I bend over, I could smell. Oh, this guy had, you know, had, had drunk um, gallons of whiskey or something because he, he, he smelled like a brewery. Um, I said to the uh, 911 uh, call person, I said, ah, oh, this guy's just drunk out of his brains. The woman with the short white hair said he, um, that he is drunk, but there's something else going on with him. So I say that to the operator and she said, okay, Robert, because I, she asked my name and she said, go up to him, count his, his breathing. And then I gave her the number of how many breaths. And she said, put your hand at the back of his neck and the other hand on the top of his forehead and lift his neck up. And he started breathing. Before I did that though, I had my phone in my hand. And the woman with the short, my new brand new iPhone, right? The, the woman beside, the woman with the short hair, white hair said, I'll hold your phone. And I just handed it to her. I didn't even look. He just handed it to her. I did that with the guy. He started breathing easier. And then the paramedics arrived. As soon as I see the paramedics, I, you know, let them take his head. Um, this woman gave me back my uh, phone. I stood there for a moment. And then looked around and she was gone, just gone. Um, I left and started walking home. And as I was walking home, I was noticing I don't recognize any of the buildings on the street I'm on. And I'm noticing I live at 1591 and I was at like 2100. And I'm thinking, this is weird. And then... I live on the east side of the street, 
And I was walking north on the west side of the street. And I was supposed to be going south. And I don't know how I got there. The next thing that was amazing is I thought I was only a few meters away from the main intersection. And it turned out that I was seven, like 200 yards away from the, that, that intersection. And I was on the wrong side of the street going the wrong way. So I turned around and started walking back. I crossed, you know, and, and as I was walking back on the west side, should have been on the east side, um, I was walking south. There was the guy, he had come to, and the paramedics were with him. And I stopped for a second, and the woman, and, you know, I looked at the guy and I said, wow, you're looking a whole lot better than I just saw you a while ago. I'm glad you're doing well. Um, the paramedic said you, um, he was having a fentanyl overdose. And she said, you um, saved, probably saved his life. And I said, yeah, but the woman with the short hair helped me. There was nobody there. Anyway, I walked down, crossed the street and got home and thought, what the hell just happened? So I get led into those situations like that. Another time, I was going to my dentist. My dentist happens to be at a main subway stop. And to get there, I had to take a direct you know, subway to Young Street and then go straight south on Young Street. On that subway, I decided I was going a different way. It was longer, but I just decided. I got off at a stop that would make my trip longer. I went downstairs and started heading south, looking for a southbound train. I was standing there. The train comes in the um, in the set in the in the station, and I'm about to get on, and the doors start closing, and I step back, but this woman runs in front of me and tries to get on the subway train, and as she's getting on, the doors closed on her foot. Her foot is inside the train, and her, the rest of her body was outside the train and the train was starting to move. And she was standing in front of me, and I just bent down, put my hands around her uh, shin, and I pulled her, her leg, her foot, out of her shoe. And then I pulled her back. The sh her shoe was starting to bounce between the platform and the subway car, and I had let go of her. She stepped forward and bent down to try and get her shoe that was bouncing like that. And, you know, there are spaces between the cars. As that space was coming, she was leaning forward and she was starting to do a nosedive straight into the space between the cars when the train was moving. And once again, I grabbed hold of her and I pulled her back. And when I pulled her back, I heard a train coming in on the other side of the station. And I said, oh, shit, that's the southbound train. I'm in front of the northbound train. I let go of her. People sort of grabbed her. I turned around and went back and jumped on the, the southbound train and, and, and headed southbound. Two stops later, I was thinking, I, I think I just sued that person. Um, and, and those types of things happen to me regularly. Are you an angel? No, fuck no. But maybe that's it. Maybe I'm not spiritual may, may, enough maybe, to be Maybe some kind of... Maybe there's something in the universe that, that kind of makes us all like that, though. Well, well I listen, all, and I do it. Some. And, and it happens um, 
often. Hmm. And, a, and a, like they're like big time stuff, you know, where someone's life's in danger. I, I don't and I don't think about it. I just, it just happens in front of me. What do you think it is, though? It has to be some uh, some kind of force behind it, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um, it's just been um, how I am. It's, but it's not something that that um, is new. It's been through my lifetime. Fascinating. Even as a child. Yeah. So it's almost like you are meant to save people. I think that part of a skill is to help people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think meant to save. I. I would say just. Just uh, doing my job. So part of being a psychic is helping, even people in need. Um. Well, everybody's psychic. Mm-hmm. So, or almost everybody's psychic. So, so um, giving service. You know, I'm just a simple guy that that's been doing this job, um, and and I don't really look about you know real focused on why these things happen. Mm-hmm. Or I I I just simply you know um, I get a call, some kind of call, and and I respond. So you think and, that's part of just being human, something that's instilled in all of us? We get like those feelings and we have to go and... We, we, I, I, I think anybody can be like that if they want to be. I want to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to do it. It's not like, it's not like it, you know, it just drops on and goes, ah, shit, here we go again. I, I like, I, 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 I like doing these things. It just always surprises me when I'm, when, when I've, you know, done something like that. Hmm. Or when I've been led to do something like that, and it's always a choice. You know, I remember mm-hmm. with the guy that was laying on the on the, on the on the lawn. You know, I was saying, should I stay or should I go? You know, should I deal with this or should I not? And and one of the reasons that I stayed was because I would have a lot of trouble living with myself, with you know, being comfortable with myself, knowing that somebody was in trouble and I just didn't help. Wow. But that's what I do in my job. We've we've had experiences where I think I did a reading for you, and you, yeah. you know you 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 needed some information. I I just did it because that's what I do. It's awesome, though. You know, I mean, you're out there every you day, know, yeah. every day doing you know things to help yeah. people and save lives or whatever. You know, which is fantastic. You know. <laughs> Like I've, yeah, never, I like like, like I've never been tapped into my psychic ability enough to save lives or do anything like that. I've probably ruined a couple, but never saved <laughs> Well, let's not get into that one with me. You know. there, there's a few there. <laughs> <laughs> so there is some yin and yang here. There certainly Well, actually has to be. What we are one way, we are equally the opposite. Okay, so whatever, how... We are as good as we are bad. We are as positive as we are negative. We are as happy as we are sad. We are as accomplished as we are a failure. We must be 
we must know both sides to understand something. That's true. Uh, the, you yeah. know, in order, like the, I think sometimes like to connect with people, we have to have some experience, similar experiences. Too. Absolutely, absolutely. And although we've all are humans, we're all having this human experience, so we all absolutely. should be able to relate to each other on some level. Should I don't know. We don't. It's but. it's numerologically impossible to relate with a hundred percent of the people that you meet. You just can't do it mm -hmm. because, it, you know, and, um, you know, the percentage of people you can't relate to is, you, you know, is, could be as high as 25 percent. Well, you just have nothing in common. And and, um, it's, you, you know, um, because, you know, we're, we no, you can't, we're not the same and, and we can only relate to so many people and then. And part of it is that is that there are people we will never be able to deal with because they don't want to deal with us either. And then there are people that we deal with very easily. And then there are people from, you know, the easy side to the, the difficult or um, uh, impossible side to deal with. And everywhere in between. That's why there's so many psychics, because because. It's difficult for me to do a job, do a reading for someone who is on a different level of intelligence than I am. Mm -hmm. Okay? So if someone were distinctly of lesser intelligence or someone distinctly greater intelligence, I would have trouble connecting and doing a reading for them. But there are so many people that do this work. We can, um, uh, um, those people are specialized in dealing with the, the, the ones that are higher in intelligence or lower. Each one of us has a type that uh, we deal with. That's the way it is, too. Like you're close to the level that I'd have trouble dealing with in, in terms of intelligence. Because of the lowness? Because of the high intelligence. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. I don't know. I have to question that sometimes. Oh well, we all do stupid things, Gary. And and you know we all you know you know the smartest of people can do dumb things too. Hmm. I guess so. Um. Yes. You know. Would it benefit everybody or benefit the world in any way if people became more aware of their psychic abilities and practiced them more, do you think? Um, yes. I think that if people chose to be more aware of what's going on around them, it would help a lot. Um, I think that in order to... There's a lot of things that go together with, with, with creating or developing um, um, a psychic lifestyle or, or, or a, 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 a practice. Um, it's, it's practice, it's hard work. Um, and you have to be somewhat empathetic 
to deal with people on a on a sensitive level. You 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 have to have a um, an empathy to to be able to help people um, on really deep levels. I'm sure that there are psychics that aren't empathetic. There has to be, because if there are ones that are, then there are ones that aren't. Um, so I think in order to be a practicing psychic, you, 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 you have to be somewhat empathetic um, and relate to how people really feel. And even if something seems normal every day and it messes an individual up, being understanding of why this everyday situation is messing this person up to be feel that empathy you can then help them uh, cope with the issues too so i mentioned like a non-empathetic psychic would be like a sorcerer sort of i don't know very many yeah i don't know i wouldn't know but i don't know that many psychics either i know a lot of them yeah, you 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 have. I've heard. I don't know that many. Um, I've stayed away. But I, I I've yet to meet the unempathetic psychic, though. Most of us are. But but there also can be the ones that aren't. That don't care. I'm gonna have to look for somebody out there. That's an unempathetic psychic because I'm gonna interview them. Okay. Just curious. Um, Just out of I will. I will see if I can um, dig someone up for you. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be maybe somebody somebody good for both our shows, actually. By the way, how is yes. the podcast going? It's uh, it's called My Side of the Crystal Ball. We celebrated one year um, in in August. Um, don't have nearly as many episodes as you do, but but um, um, we've we've completed twenty six. And uh, you've been a guest. Um, actually, the show that you were on had the most amount of views of anyone that, that, I, that we've done this last year. Um, we got picked up by iHeart, and um, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. What have you learned? The way other people see things, um, learning about different ways of doing their work, um, and I've, in the last six months, in I have been staying away from dealing with the psychic ones and been looking at, I had, um, uh, I'm terrible with names these days. Um, you know, one, oh yeah, tomorrow, uh, sorry, Wednesday. Yeah, yes, yeah, tomorrow's Wednesday. Um, on my podcast is, is a guest that you had, had on, um, Patricia, um, Ben, Ben, Cass, Ben, woman. Yeah, she's she is a uh, um, an, an artist, and talking with her was like she her concepts of how she sees things um, is very similar to mine. Um, and the way she goes about doing her work is really similar to the way I do it. Um, she's being a, a, an artist, and I'm being a psychic, and it was like talking to myself. 
um, the way she was explaining things and, and, mm-hmm. and, and I with me. It was, it was, it was really amazing. Um, um, Jim, uh, um, um, you know, Preston Dennett was what was a guest. He he really? is, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he was on. He was great. Um, um, the guy um, Feely, um, I think it's Peter uh, Feely. Mm-hmm. He's he's the fellow that that does um, uh, um, does research on um, ancient civilizations and things like that. Um, Peely is his last name. So I've been getting people like that that are talking about things that I've never heard of. So it's been really exciting doing that. And doing it from mm-hmm. a psychic talking to, um, getting it from my perspective. And the other one is is talking with psychics was, was a lot of fun, sharing how we, 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 we got to the, 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 the answers that we, um, the way we got it. That, that's always been fun. And what I like to do is talk to somebody about what they really think inside. And I ask questions that people wouldn't normally ask because what I, what I do is I'll ask a question that somebody who needs the information but doesn't know what to say or put the words together. So I do those kinds of questions that, that brings out deep sawn in my guests. Mm-hmm. It's not an attack. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, I imagine you would be able to use some of your, you know, I do psychic I do. ability or you know to kind of see, you know, what is it this person my, really wants my, to get at. My devoted um, uh, publisher of, of of the podcast. We we talked about her, Michelle. You know, when she books a um, uh, um, a guest, she sends me, you know, a list of questions. And I usually only look at one of them. If yeah, I, I never use those questions either. I what I did with um, Pat, it was um, one of her qu- suggested questions was, "Where does art come from?" Uh, wow, where does art come from? So after I introduced her, I said to her, "Where does art come from?" And then away we went. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a really exciting one. Well, it's tomorrow. Wow. Well, it won't be tomorrow when we watch this. It was, you know, hmm. when somebody hears this, because this would be, you know, taped in the, in the future. So when you interviewed Preston, what do you think now about UFOs and experiencers? Um, it works. They do it. Um I guess that's it. He was really bright. He gave up, gave some fabulous information, and I believe he was sincere. and And um, I, I believed him. I do too. I I am a hundred percent on with like what Preston is saying about extraterrestrials and the experiencers yeah. and, and what yeah. is actually going on. Absolutely, I am a huge, huge. I didn't I don't know. I I, I I just believe him like more than like like. like I don't know, there's a certain group of people that that, yes. that he's involved with that I've interviewed almost all of them and uh, uh, I don't know I, was, I, I, I just believe like what they're saying so did I I haven't met anybody that um, so far that I just think is full of shit yeah I mean I can't say that but 
I, know. I, I have out of I know. <laughs> I've been I just haven't done as many podcast you know episodes as you. I'm sure I'll meet them. But but so far, um but I also come from the point of view that that I can't see everything and I come from the point of view that the person I'm talking to believes what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So I treat them without respect. Absolutely. And I, I learned too. so much. Yeah, I learned so much because of it. Yeah. I do too. E- even guests I've had on that were rude to me, I still maintained, like, you know, a non-biased dis- disposition. You, you, finished yeah, the interview. Talking, you had guests being rude to you? Yes, I've had guests. I had a guest threaten me once. I had a guest threaten me. I had one guest who um, sort of tried to demasculinate me like, like make me like i'm not woman? like a real man oh really was it a woman yeah oh, okay well you know guys can do that too and so, so i, just, so, I yeah. didn't ask you who i just said was it a woman that did it yeah that's yeah. all yeah these okay. things have happened if you go back and start I've epi- never had go, that go, go, go back at episode one and work your way all oh. the way to episode 470 you'll find the episode <laughs> okay yeah well yeah i've only had 26 but but i haven't uh i i ha- just about everyone that's been on um i got along with really really well mm-hmm. awesome but but that's also because I'm just accepting of, of what they're saying. I'm I'm not challenging them. I'll ask them questions about it that mm-hmm. will be probing. But but I, I come from the, the the point of view that they believe what they're saying. Right. So if they're believing what they're saying, maybe it is something cool. Right. You know? Right. And and I also believe even if a person I I believe there's truth everywhere to be found. Absolutely. And I'm not the one to decide where that is so. yes that's fine absolutely so before we wrap it up i yes. want to i want to thank you for coming on again it's always a pleasure having you yeah thank you Gary. i mean I, i'm happy to not i don't just consider you a guest but i consider you a friend i do too i consider you a friend um you're one of the first and we've had you know nice conversations off off the air and um and uh, i've always been impressed with uh how smart you are thank you and, you know to my listeners too you know i, I recommend robert highly he has helped me thank a lot thank you you're a good man robert thank you um, um by the way if people would like to get in touch with me you mm-hmm. can find me on um facebook instagram youtube TikTok. um you can find me also on my website www.robertlindsaymilne.com Robert's still doing readings these days. And, what was um, that website again? www.robertlindsaymilne.com And if you have any issues with the spelling, you can go to the notes of this episode and the link will be there. That's right. Do you have links now to all your podcast episodes too from that website? Absolutely. You're on, you can get all, yeah, they're, and, and they're on Apple, Spotify, um, YouTube, um, Instagram and iHeart. Made it to iHeart. Uh, Michelle did it. It's a tough one getting on iHeart. Yeah. Well, I know. we're there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank well, you. well, thank you for being on. It's a pleasure having you. And hang on for a moment. I'm just going to play the outro.
is also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon, and it will change your life. Remember, everything that it says was first imagined. If you loved what you listened to today, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable.